Listening to the Noise Canceling Pod, the podcast about streamlining life, encouraging discourse, and maximizing your mind. Hosted by Frank Boyce and Axel Clark. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 20 of the Noise Canceling Pod. I'm Frank Boyce. And this is Axel Clark. We're glad that you have that have you back. Um, we're pretty excited. It's episode 20. We we've made it, Axel. It's pretty it's pretty incredible. We signed up for five and now we're out here at twenty. And not stopping, right? No, not stopping. I have no plans to stop. Yeah, so this is a a, a big milestone and hopefully at some point we'll look like a minor milestone. That's true. It, when we hit a hundred, twenty will seem very small. Uh, I hope we can do we can do a in person one if we if we get to a hundred we have to do that one We've, in person. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Nice. So, what would you say is uh, what's been like your biggest takeaway from the first? It's this is episode twenty, but we've really done twenty two. Yeah. So, the thing I the number one thing I will take away from it is that I for us I think the most important thing for actually getting this project going was just saying we're gonna do it. We're gonna post whatever our beta we're just gonna start posting and then we're just gonna get going because i think one of the biggest things that causes resistance is trying to get it perfect before you go public and actually so as well as you know i've been learning coding they say that uh if what if your initial version release if you're not somewhat embarrassed by it then you release too late (laughs) yeah for sure and that's probably true of this too if you if you get it to where it's completely perfect, then you waited too long to start releasing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a that's a good segue. Um, our friend of the show and senior political correspondent, Trevor Raley, uh, really got inspired in the last last two weeks and decided to start a, a sports co- podcast with me. It's called the uh, the Double Technical. And, and you can find it on SoundCloud. But I, th- I think taking from our experience here at Noise Canceling Pod and, you know, sharing with Trevor, you know, it's not as scary as as it seems, you know. You just need to put together good content and then be ready to post it and, and throw it out to the world. Yeah, I think once, you, once you've done a few, then you get over the nerves and then it just becomes fun and you're not worried about being exact with every single thing you're, every single thing you're trying to say yeah it definitely doesn't have to be perfect did you get a chance to listen to episode one not to put you on the spot so i I got into the first i got through the first half and uh i liked it it was i felt like you guys could have had some larger disagreements or maybe that would have been a little bit more entertaining there's a lot a lot of uh agreeing through the first two and i was saying that that's one of the things that frustrates people about like the ESPN shows that people are just out there outraged about this and trying to create uh, conflict and disagreement. But then I sadly had to acknowledge that I needed a little bit more of that. 
So you don't want a hot take, but you you want us to to rub the sticks together just a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, okay. a little bit more. Noted, noted. That's good. Did you but have yeah. any? Did you have any lessons learned through the first twenty? Uh, yeah, I think. I think the interesting thing that that I've found is there's there's an optimal amount of preparation for this. Like I I want to feel that. I know what we're going to talk about, but I, I really don't want any sort of a script. I think those are the episodes where each of us have some good questions. Uh, we, we know where it's, it's somewhat going, but there's still a lot of space for us to discuss and, and kind of play off of each other. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if we were to script it exactly, I don't think that, would, that wouldn't be fun for me, ultimately. Like, it's part of the fun of doing this is not exactly knowing where it's going to go. Like, if I knew exactly where it was going to go, then that wouldn't be fun. And I think my other takeaway is I've just loved the guests that we've had on. Like it's just the opportunity that this, this podcast has given us to, to meet new people and to, you know, sit down in a way where, you know, even if you went out to a bar or a restaurant, you, you really wouldn't get that in depth into their life and, and find out what, what makes them tick. So I, I've really enjoyed that. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that we can continue to get some more guests on this summer. Yeah. I think even the people that, I, that that we know it's kind of a good opportunity just to talk to them about uh you learn more about them than you would otherwise have learned yeah we didn't even talk about this but i'm i'm doing that with my parents this weekend you're, we, sit, you're doing I'm, what i'm sitting down and recording uh a couple hours of audio just talking to my parents i'm talking to my dad about uh becoming a father in the first few years of fatherhood and then i'm talking to my mom about the genealogy of of the family on her side dude that's such a good idea i i actually had i had the thought that i should do that because my dad has tons of stories and i was like i need to have, like record some of these and just get them down so that uh we always have them well i don't know and if i had like a google doc or if i wrote it down like there there's always a a risk of losing and not that I, there's not a risk of losing a, an audio cd or a file on the cloud but it just is it's more tangible and something that you know in, in 20 years i can play for for ivan and be like yeah this was a conversation your grandpa and i had yeah yeah that's a that's a great idea i i yeah i'm interested to hear how it goes hopefully yeah i mean i think the cool thing is it's just a conversation you know it's yeah. not like I'm not gonna try to overproduce it. I'm not gonna put in intro music or or anything cheesy like that. It's just gonna be sitting down, recording, recording words and recording real emotions. Do you think it'll take you a little bit to get warmed up? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I think with my dad, you know, we're gonna have a, a beer and a shot and nice, yeah. You know, get get relaxed and answer some easy questions to start off with and. Yeah, just get settled in. Hopefully, we can get that's some awesome. good stories. That's yeah. a great. That's that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, did you have anything else to add on the double technical? Just the, any other concepts on it, or what? Anything you got upcoming that you guys know that you know of? Yeah, so Trevor's really taking the lead on the double technical, and and he's having an episode coming out this week talking to one of his one of his buddies. I'm I'm gonna blank on the name. Um, but he's, his friend is a huge Cleveland Cavaliers fan. And so his, his friend's been going crazy. And I, I think he was out in Cleveland last night. So I, I, he'll have some good perspective on what it's like to be in Cleveland, what it's like to be a Cleveland fan. So I expect that out, uh, either tomorrow or Wednesday on SoundCloud and it's soundcloud.com slash the double technical podcast. Okay. 
Um, did did he book his friend prior to game seven? Like he either was going to get his friend in complete agony or with pure joy? No, I, I don't think he had any plans to have his friend on. And then his friend sent an epic text to him and i hope they talk about it on okay. on the podcast but it was it was an epic and it was so epic that i think he just stopped and was like all right we gotta have we gotta have him on the podcast yeah. and talk about the experience but yeah it's called double technical double technical podcast and it's it's right now on soundcloud and it should be out on itunes by uh wednesday or thursday at the latest nice that's exciting all right i wanted to do catch up on two other things that me and you have been working on so the first one is uh so as you know i've been learning to program i kind of came to a realization this week and about kind of like a concept of if you're trying to learn your first programming language just to if first when you're trying to figure it out at least for me like i almost had analysis paralysis where i was trying to say should I learn this language? Should I learn that language? Is this language kind of the up and coming language? Or what am I going to do with this language? And I think like that probably took me, I'll bet it took me, I'll bet I spent a month just looking around at different things. And I came to a realization today that there's two factors that you should consider when you pick a language. And the first is, number one, you should pick a project that you want to work on, like a real project. And then pick a language that's related, like associated with that project. So like I wanted to build a website. So I, so learning a language that's associated with web development, that would be smart. Like a, a, a language that doesn't tie with web development wouldn't be smart. And then the next thing is I was trying to figure out if I should pick an up and coming language, like the hot next language or like a more traditional language that there's more resources. And I ultimately went with the traditional language with more resources and i just tried picking up a new language this week that's kind of one of the up-and-coming ones the the first tutorial just came out this week or not this week earlier this year and it's so much harder like if i had tried to learn all the things associated with program because there's all these other different tools you have to figure out and mm-hmm. all this all this other stuff you have to figure out and that book is assuming that you already know that and so if i had started off with this up-and-coming language i would have been struggling big time so my lesson is like don't necessarily, well it depends on what you're doing but particularly in program when your first language the majority of what you're learning is just programming concepts not the exact language and so if you pick a language where there's a lot of resources to learn overall programming concepts then i think it's going to be easier and i think there's an application for other things you're learning as well yeah absolutely so i mean your two takeaways were to to do a tangible project yes. while you're learning something and then to pick something related to that like if there's different avenues of that you can learn it pick the one that has the most resources available right. to you right and particularly in programming it's not the languages are all very similar or i mean they're all pretty similar and so it's pretty easy to jump from one language to another after you've learned kind of the basic concepts so there's no lock-in to where, if, oh, if I start here, this is like I'm stuck here forever. For sure. So it's, right. it's been going well? The, yeah. the new language acquisition has been going well? Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like, It's it's related to the one that I learned. It's it's called uh, the language is Elixir, and then the web framework is Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And it's related to Ruby and Rails, which I was learning before. I'm still working on projects in it. 
And so it's kind of had enough, it's similar, but just different enough to be kind of exciting and something new. Nice. My girlfriend jokes about with me that my like second and now third and fourth girlfriends are Ruby, uh, Elixir, <laughs> Phoenix. She's like, what is with is it with all these names? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And so, probably kind of true. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you how the uh, one mile train is going. Um, it, it's going okay. You know, I, I think, uh, next weekend is going to be my second test to see where I'm at mile wise. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the week after I tested the mile, I tested a 400 and I ran 62 second 400, which, uh, wasn't great, but my split was 2735. Uh, 27 on the first mm-hmm. 235 on the last 200 so i i think just going on that there's there's good potential there um definitely i'm, I'm working with mike Coates now on on some form stuff um just getting my form a little bit better and he's giving me some exercises to work on uh what was specific the, core exercises for for track what was his number one tip from a form pers- from a form um he just gave me some, some, uh, <laughs> some general exercises and like, we're, we're going to get more into, we're going to do some workouts together and actually he's going to look at my form a lot more. We were just talking about it in general. Remember last time I said I, I kind of had a problem getting up on plane and staying oh, right. on plane yeah. during my mile. And he was just talking about how, you know, a lot of that is just being relaxed and <laughs> being able to keep that pace a lot longer than I was. Yeah, I got you. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been going well, but I think interval training, just keep that going, and we'll find out in about a week and week and change how it's going. Yeah, well, people out there are excited to hear how this is <laughs> is going and to, to hear hear about and maybe view your progress. I, th- I think what's what's comforting is that they're they're just as interested in the failure as they are yeah. in the success <laughs> exactly. so i mean it's gonna go well either way yeah yeah that's 100 percent true yeah spectacular in both is uh that should be my bumper sticker <laughs> <laughs> all right do you want to get to the uh the main topic that we're going to talk about today let's do it you had the inspiration so i'm going to let you kick it all off. right so i like i've been thinking a little bit recently about success and how how i define success and then kind of who i consider successful and then particularly about how my definition of success has changed over time Mm -hmm. and so i mean i think growing up and maybe even over the last couple years i really associate success with money and uh and power and prestige and uh Mm -hmm. popularity but like the more you hear about the people that that are in those situations, like it, it's there's a lot of highs, but then there's often a lot of lows. And so I started thinking about like being comfortable with, with where you're at, and mm-hmm. maybe that's even that's like the best best way to find success. Obviously, like there's a certain level of like safety, food, and all that stuff. But once you reach that. And I think maybe the greatest key to success is um, becoming comfortable with with who you are, and also not trying to do the things in life or pursue the things in life that that society wants you to pursue. 
or like include like keeping up with the Joneses or trying to do like continue to strive for more responsibility and more, um, I don't know. Almost like self-realization. Yeah. Different positions just because that's what you're supposed to do and moving out of what you actually enjoy doing just to pursue like that's what everyone thinks you should do. And then also maybe pursuing money. Yeah. So I was, I was having similar thoughts, but I was also a, a little bit torn because I think, you know, as, as a society, we're kind of going away from absolutes. And I, I think there's still some need to, to define success, at least for yourself. Absolutely. So I, so I, I don't think, you know, I was, I was trying to really put together my thesis for this and, you know, it's really to know your own success, you know, like, like you said, it's not what the world says. It's not like if you, if you don't have whatever the number is, millions of dollars for your retirement, you're a failure. You know, it's, it's what we've talked about before. Like you, you want, for me at least it's, it's having the lifestyle or the job that allows you the life that you want. Right. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. So I don't know. Like I, (laughs) it's funny. I agree with everything you said, but I really want to clarify, like for me, I want to have a very clear definition of, of what success is. Do you, so do you think you have that right now or are you saying that's what it is? Um, I mean, I, I think there's, for me, there's different phases, you know, like right now I have a, a young son and uh, I spend a ton of time with him and I try to get home as soon as I can. So there's not not this huge focus on, uh, you know, staying late at the office. And, and not to say that <laughs> work gets a, a second billing, but at the same time, like, that's not, that's not my entire priority. Like, I, I want to be successful, but success to me is having this balance and, um, you know, having having a job that where I can spend a lot of time with my family and really prioritize all that time. Yeah, I think sometimes we like I guess when we say balance people say balance but they don't actually mean it or they don't think about it, but I think that probably when you are more balanced in your life like that, you are better at work also. Like when you are just hammering away at work I think that and and as a result neglecting your family like at some point that like that's not sustainable yeah I mean I I even see that in little little micro blips in my life where I may have a week where the workout slips or some form of intellectual study slips or I haven't had a very good creative outlet and it really stagnates multiple areas of my life yeah so I, I agree completely like the balance is both this macro level of kind of how you chart out your your daily balance and your overall life itself but it's also this day-to-day being you know very cognizant of of what you're doing and habitual because that's that's really the only way that you can get to that balance in my opinion what do you think about that Probably if you looked at a majority of the very successful people, they probably are not balanced. Like they're the ones that are just uber motivated. They eat, sleep, whatever they're they're working on, like that's all they do. What do you, but then they're rich. 
Did you put air quotes over successful people or what? Well, I guess I, I missed that definition. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just what what typically like you would see is oh, these people are successful. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's ve- that's very true. They're they're functionally minded on on one thing, um, which, like you said, if if you want to be successful at that one thing, that's great. Um, but I, I think if you're really going to be happy and fulfilled, uh, you you need you need the balance and you need other things in your life other than just that one. Yeah. So you said that your your definition had changed significantly, and you, and you kind of mentioned that before. But why don't you dig in a little bit deeper? How has it specifically changed over time? So I think <clears throat> I've actually started appreciating, and I like I am even the I'm probably not even all the way there yet. But I think in my early time in the Air Force in my early career, like I I looked up to the people that just burn the midnight oil and just worked all the time and now like when i see people who like are not doing that to spend time with their family like i i used to think oh they just they don't care about their career or like i didn't i didn't appreciate that like i do now sure um but what about internally (laughs) Like that's kind of that's kind of your perceptive change, right? Yeah. How, what about in terms of behavioral? Pro- well, you mean personally what my goals are? Like my goals as my how I would define success as they relate to my goals. So I guess it'd be two parts. Number one, how how I guess has your definition or goals change of what you you want success to be and and number two how's your behavior changed in terms of going towards that success so i think like i think previously my definition of success was like how probably it was how like the types of performance reports i got Mm -hmm. and how like the different jobs that i got and if they were good jobs and all these kind of external, like you have some influence in, in that. And like, I'm not saying that that, that's not important to me anymore, but like, I think I'm, I define myself less by those exact things and more about, uh, I guess like the effort I'm putting into things and the, the way that I'm approaching things. And I'm, I let, I care less about like the numbers or the specific jobs. So that's a really good segue. I I put together just this this brief list that I, I'm calling five tips to push towards success. And and number five was understanding the nuance of internal versus external locus of control. Oh, I like that. And and your answer right there sounds exactly to that point where you really for for things that are outside of what you what you can actually change, you, you really don't sweat it as much anymore. Yeah. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, it's, I think I think that's huge. I think not only just for you know job satisfaction, but life satisfaction. Like you, you really need to understand that no matter what your goal is or how you define success, there are things that you you just can't change. Um, 
And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't work hard. And that doesn't mean that you still can't reach your goal. But uh, there's there's limitations and, and choices you have to make along the way that that make make your goal and success harder. Right. And those, well, I think in those things that happened either outside your control don't define how successful you are or who you are. Right. Like you still can over like there those are still obstacles that you can in many in cases should try to overcome, but recognizing when those things are outside of your control and not letting that get to you and realizing that if you've put if you I don't I like I don't I I don't like to say you've tried hard, but I think like if you've done everything you could and you've made what you think are the right choices, then being satisfied yeah and but i think we've also talked about that there's there's sometimes value in failing hard um where you may be fighting up against circumstances that are are not going to be able to overcome but you're still going to be able to pull something out about yourself that that you know you slogged through this that even though you weren't successful in the end like you made you made an effort beyond what you expected you could. Right. And you learned, and I think what important thing is you learned a few things about yourself or about things in general during that, that effort. Absolutely. So number four, um, I wrote, try to define your success as clearly as possible. So do you mean that as a goal or cause okay. How, how does that tie with, your four minute mile goal are they two different things so you don't well i feel like that's defining it very clearly right but do you... <laughs> <laughs> but i think like let's say you have a four minute mile goal and you get to 430 yep would you consider that to be a successful i guess it's not no as a i would not oh huh now if but what if you put all your effort in like at the end of the day you realize that given your current given your current physical what like shape that you're in that was as sure. fast as you could have been able to do it so your I mean, goal was I, I, not I think realistic. I would feel okay about it I think that I mean that kind of goes back to understanding that your locus of control and and being being a little bit you know satisfied with how hard you failed right so um, it's not ultimate success but if you feel like that was the most improvement that you could have possibly wrenched out of this time period then that's not ultimate success but there are elements of being successful in there yeah i mean i'm not i'm not gonna feel bad and you know i i guess i'll just jump ahead and another one of these is you know having having some peacefulness about the outcome um you know, <laughs> that that's really the thing is that if if it doesn't work out in the end how you wanted it to, you need to be able to take what you learned and move on. Like so often you just get bogged down by thinking of what you could have done, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking it or buyer's remorse, tear people apart, tear me apart. Yeah. Um, just with regret or or anger sometimes at other people's decisions or anger at yourself for not trying as hard or not not training a certain way uh and and you just really need to be able to move on i think meditation has helped me with this over the last what three years since i've started doing it and it's kind of a as a practice if you have something that's bothering you 
like the first thing they say in meditation is acknowledge it and almost like they say say hi to it acknowledge it's there and then once you acknowledge it and like okay this is bothering me and you just sit with it and then finally it's like okay this is something different than me this is not this being wound up and anxious and remorseful is not me it's something separate from me and then you can kind of move on past it yeah i mean i think you need you need some some way to exercise that right through through meditation or uh prayer or how however you you feel like you can you can work through those feelings uh, or you know a, a counselor or a, a psychologist you know there's there's lots of different venues for working through those those feelings and I know from from one of my jobs uh, in the Air Force, um, it was kind of upended after I'd already been given a position, and you know I held on to that for so long, like I was so bitter about it that you know it really just affected my overall persona and how I felt about work for a, a very long time, and until I just got past the past that and just thought you know that you can't change this you you know, the decision was made a long time ago and it's, it's time to move on. Um, you just in life, life is so short. You you can't just have these periods of time where you're letting something from the past bother you that much. Yeah. I think cause, so I've thought about this and sometimes I get scared that if I have too much acceptance, am I just going to start rolling over when I start facing adversity? But I think the important thing to realize is, can I do anything about it in my current situation? Yep. And if the answer is no, just like you said, internal or external, if the answer is no, then you let it go. Now, if you can still do something about it and it's still important to you, then that's not when you say, oh, I'm going to accept it and move on. That's when you figure out what can I do about this. And then maybe in some cases, double down, put more effort into it. But at some point, once once something has happened and there's nothing more at that point you can do about it, then that's when you can let it go or try to let it go. So that's a great segue into my next one, which is be willing, ready, and prepared to pivot. So depending on the goal and depending on, you know, what you're labeling success, um, there, there's times where you can take what you've learned and, and turn it a little bit around a corner. There's a, <laughs> there's a really great scene from Silicon Valley, the HBO comedy show that I've referenced way too many times in the past month. But one of the char- character, Jared, he's played by Zach Woods, uh, is freaking out, like losing losing his mind because uh, the company Pied Piper is, is about to tank. And so he goes out on the street. He hasn't slept in like four days. Mm-hmm. And he starts polling slash brainstorming people of how they're going to pivot to this product. And yeah. he's like throwing out the craziest ideas. And he ends up getting arrested after he pitches an app to track someone's baby. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great. But the whole point is if, if you're, you know, you have a clear definition of success, but you reach some sort of roadblock, uh, you not only need to be uh, prepared or, I mean, you don't only need to be willing, but you also need to be prepared. So sometimes that's, that's looking ahead and seeing what else you need to do outside of just that singular goal to really get ready for if something changes down yeah, the road. I like that a lot because I think you, if you have a static definition of success and opportunities are out there to, to go a different way, but maybe that's something you hadn't thought of, but maybe is more in line with what who you are, 
then I think you definitely need to be prepared to take advantage of those. And particularly when I think, so it's one thing if it's just your internal definition or how you've, okay, this is my goal. But the most challenging thing is taking an opportunity that is not in line with what society, like you have this definition of success that society says, yep, this is it. And then you find something else that's not that. And um, like having the uh, willingness to go that other way, take advantage of this other opportunity, I think can be a challenge. But probably the best way to be be the most fulfilled. Sure. And, and to find out the most about yourself. Right. So I think about this one, especially like in terms of my long-term career planning. Um, and it's a little bit like a, a beam from a flashlight at night where, you know, like it has a very, it's going in a certain direction. Like yeah. it, it's defined within that beam, but it, it also <laughs> has the ability to wander and to, to point out new, new features as I'm walking along. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's really more like this, this, this vector for, for where I'm going, but it's not like, it's not a linear line like what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I like that. And then my final one was understand the commitment and choices you're going to have to make to create that success. So I think a lot of times um, <laughs> I, I put goals on a piece of paper before I really do this. Um, sometimes I don't. So I mean, like a couple of years ago, I was thinking about doing a full Ironman. Um, and I started thinking through just the training implications of, of getting ready for uh, you know, a two plus mile swim, a hundred plus mile bike ride and a full marathon. And I, I just realized straight up, like, I, I'm not going to have time to actually train for this. Like, I'm going to have to take out so many things in my life that it's just going to turn into the second job that I'm not going to enjoy. So I'm, I'm not saying I, I haven't ever done it, but a lot of times, even on like this four minute mile, like I, right. I, I would say I, I took it fairly casually in terms of understanding the commitment and choices I'm going to have to make to do that. So yeah. now I'm walking down the path of this goal and I'm like, oh, so I need to lose 10 pounds to get there. And, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I need to train five days a week. And <clears throat> it's all these things that I'm, I'm willing to do, but they weren't there on the paper to begin with. Yeah, that's a good point. I think so. I this month I need to update my. So I usually do my goals in six month segments and it's not exact, but that's kind of the time frame that I generally do them in. So I'm about to update my goals and that's something I'm gonna definitely take take into consideration. Although I think for me, how I, uh, I don't know if I always think about that, but I try to limit my goals to just like three main things because I think otherwise you, you're, you're unable to put the time into, if you have 10 out, like outrageous goals, then that's not going to happen. But if you have three, then maybe one or two will happen. I think a good rule of thumb is you should have as many goals as books that you can read at at one time. Oh, <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. That's three. That's three. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's great. For sure. Did you have uh, any other thoughts? Um, I think that's pretty much all I have. So I'm just going to recap my five because we, we, we yeah, jumped out great. of order, which I'm glad we did. Um, but number five was understanding that nuance of internal versus external locus of control. Number four was try to define your success as clearly as possible. 
Number three was be willing, ready, and prepared for a pivot. Number two was understanding the commitment and choices you're going to have to make to create success. And number one was having peacefulness about the outcome and being able to learn from something and let go if, if success didn't, wasn't the end product. That's, that's awesome. I like this. I have, so I do have one additional thought. And one thing that I was thinking about that kind of led me down this thinking about success. So did I tell you that I went out to Eastern Oregon for this livestock show and rodeo? You did. Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but the, at the beginning of June, I went out to the Eastern Oregon livestock show. So it's a parade, a fair, a rodeo with horse racing and all these different things going on. Well, for the reason I went out there is my dad was being honored as the grand marshal of the parade because he he was an ag teacher and he's he taught there for 30 years and and it was really cool so he's been kind of away for two or three years but it was cool to see all the kids come like just young kids and kids my people my age everyone walk walk up to him and thank him for being a great teacher and for teaching them so much and just to see him get honored by so many people it like that was really cool and so like he definitely didn't make a ton of money as a teacher, but like the impact he had on so many people, like that was pretty amazing to me. And then on the backside, we've talked about how uh, we, like when we were in Turkey, he went out and traveled with me in Turkey mm-hmm. and we had a lot of fun. And like he kind of got the travel bug outside of the States. So now he's doing, I think right now he is doing like a RV trip around Alaska so he flew up to Bethel, which is one of the northernmost cities in the U.S., to visit one of his old students and go like salmon fishing and all these other things. With this is with his wife, and then he was gonna rent a car, and he realized that it was cheaper for him to rent an RV. So he's on this like RV trip around Alaska. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just like that is so cool. Like he helped all these students, and then now, like he's done with that phase of his life, and now he's just traveling around doing cool things. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean that's a that's a pivot, right? I mean, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, great. I'm I'm glad that you came up with this topic. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I, I thoroughly have enjoyed all twenty regular episodes and twenty two total episodes. And and I'm I'm very happy that we're going to continue. So I'm I'm going to sign off. I'm Frank Boyce. All right, and this is Axel Clark. Have a great week, everyone. Check out the Double Technical on SoundCloud. It's a great one. It's time to hold it on, hold it on, hold it on to you. It's time to hold it on, hold it on, hold it on to you. So time.